pasa la juca si no le voy a dar con esa. Y el pum 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 Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. I uh, actually just realized I didn't check the uh, Twitter handles today because, you know, it pops up differently <laughs> each time, but it looks like they're correct. So uh, there's, there's a, a win, win already, already this evening. Uh, but how are you doing tonight, Harry? Doing great. Uh, you know, the Jekyll and Hyde season continues after the lows of last uh, uh, two weeks ago in RGV. This one here was, I don't think you could have expected a more perfect night. It was. It- San Antonio, and then you know, we have college season starting out, which we're going to get into. And uh, UPSL released their schedule, which we probably won't touch base a lot tonight, but uh, um, it's something that I'm hoping to get an article or something out uh, from kind of a, a mini team previews later on this week. So, um, it, you know, our, our little hey, it's just SAFC and, and fielding little subjects here. That's over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got a, a long list of subjects to cover tonight. It's kind of like the, uh, what is it, little Nos X with the scrolling meme that we need right here with the uh, list of topics that we want to get into. But yeah, we didn't do show notes. Oh. Rafa, how are you doing this evening, buddy? Yeah, good. Really good. Great weekend. Good blow. Nice, nice having a blowout win to win number 50. So. Hey, do we need to get a SAFC flag behind you instead of the you know the le- yellow Club America flag? You know, come on. We talk about this every week. Somebody needs to donate an SAFC flag to the show. Somebody chime in there on the uh, Facebook Live. Let us know who's going to help Rafa out with some. Or a Crocketeers or one eighteen <laughs> or the Real Madrid one pretty soon. A Real. Uh, that's worse. That's worse. You know. <laughs> See what you've done, Harry. See what you've done. No, it was a good weekend. Uh, it was hot out there for sure um, on Saturday and and then Sunday at the uh, UIW versus uh, Trinity game and everything. Um, um, and we definitely wanted to kind of get into that match here first this evening. Uh, me and Rafa were able to attend that scrimmage. Uh, hadn't really been able to make it out so far to any of their friendlies or, or exhibition matches. And you saw some of the highlights there um, from the match that we were able to capture. But obviously it was a much more exciting match than just uh, uh, those few minutes there. Uh, Rafa, what were your kind of first impressions, just general impressions, um, We, you know, watching Trinity and Incarnate Word? Uh, I was really impressed by Trinity. I mean, uh, it, I mean, hats off to them. They have a great program. Uh, it shows that they have a very good recruiting class. You know, they're freshmen, you know, went up against a freshman from UIW. And it shows that I think they fixed a lot of the holes that they had from last season. And they probably going to be a threat to the national championship. I know Harry mentioned they were ranked number nine in the nation. And I, I could see them making a deep run. And then with that, that freshman class could win maybe one or two national championships. So very impressed with, you know, Trinity with, you know, with their staff. On the other side with Carter Word, I know it's still kind of a work in progress, but I did see some good things in Carter Word. They have a good attack. You know, they were just kind of unlucky not getting the ball in the net a few times and just a little, you know, defense, a little mishaps here and there. But, they're, you know, like I said, that program's heading in the right direction. Like I said, you can see the talent that they have on that, on that roster. 
Absolutely. They're in that second 45. You really had a good mix because they had the two 45s and then the 30 at the end. And that's kind of where we stopped reporting the score a little bit and stuff because it was a scrimmage, uh, so to speak. Um, but I did want to talk to uh, everybody a little bit first uh, about that that squad from Trinity and, and some of those young players. Um, we actually were able to catch up with Coach Carty there from Trinity after the match. And uh, here's kind of what he had to say about that young squad. Mainly freshmen, transfers, um, depth players, and then we, we progressed uh, for the rest of the game to play, you know, like a real, a real match. But there's some guys in that first lineup that are, are going to play in, in real matches moving forward for sure. Um, we've had a lot of good showings from the younger players. Yeah, we were talking about how well the younger players looked already, and you've only had, as you mentioned, a few weeks to train with them. What, what's the conditioning been like so far? I mean, what have you guys been doing? One week, eight practices, a uh, couple of fitness tests. I mean, the conditioning is up to them over the summer. They have to come in ready. And then we've just been trying to, to build the attacking and defensive aspects of the system that we want them to implement. Um, and, and for some of them, it, it's tough to remember, you know, things that we've maybe only gone over once or twice on the, on the pitch and then they have to execute under pressure. So although almost everything about that performance needs to be improved as we've moved forward, uh, one weekend, that's pretty pleasing. Awesome, Coach Carty. Thank you very much. Of course. So that was Coach Carty uh, just kind of on, on some of those young players. And uh, Rafa, I know you touched on it a little bit already, um, but it, it, it definitely is, I think, a sign of the system, a, a sign of the coaching that's there at Trinity University. You can see kind of why that recruitment is so successful there year after year. And uh, their style of play, too, it's, it's a little bit different than kind of what you're used to seeing so much of here in San Antonio with that fast pace, the the one touches, you don't really see that so much from Trinity. They play a, a lot of possession. Um, it almost reminded me a little bit of like a Bundesliga, and, and you could kind of see where the system is really, you know, what's so successful there at Trinity, and you can almost just plug in, you know, any of their players. They're all so talented that that whole next man up mentality is, is very evident there in, in that culture. Right. Absolutely. And we'll be following them and Coach McGinley and everything uh, this season there at, at Trinity and uh, just wishing them, obviously, the best of luck. Um, but kind of getting to Incarnate Word now, um, you know, you talked about a few players that they have that look talented and everything on the roster. Um, again, we were able to catch up with Coach Fiddler after the match. Uh, here's kind of what he had to say on his thoughts overall with the, the performance of his team and, and maybe an area of improvement that they had. I knew today would be tough. Um, we've probably been going an extra week than Trinity and we've been working them pretty hard. So I knew with the time of the game, it was going to take a lot on their legs. Um, but it's about fine tuning, it's a learning experience, especially for the younger guys, a bit of naivety. Um, there was some positives, but 
the main thing for me is probably a wake-up call for the team because you know it's been good. We've been getting better and better. Um, they've hopefully realised we're not finally, you know, we're, we're not we've not made it yet. So I'm hoping that we learn from this. Come Tuesday morning, um, we build on it. We get better going into the regular season next weekend. What's your one takeaway? What's one area you really want to focus on this upcoming week with the boys where you just thought maybe they underperformed today? Um, underperformed, probably defensively. Um, I think the goals we gave away were, were weak. Um, and I think when we play the better teams in the Division One level, um, you know, we could get found out if we defend like that. So we'll be working on our shape this week defensively, playing out the back. Um, and, you know, we've only got two days till we fly on Thursday morning, so we don't have a lot of time with them. Um, but I think defensively, that's why we'll be focusing on. Coach, we look forward to watching you this season. Thank Great you. performance out there. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. So that was Coach uh, Fiddler after the match. Uh, you know, one area of improvement that he said he felt like his boys, boys needed, needed to work, work on, on. Uh, being, you know, the, the defense, the marking. I, I know, Rafa, you kind of said that you saw that a little bit. Um, you know, one other thing that I thought maybe too, though, was the finishing. Uh, like you said, they were pretty close on some chances where if they could just focus on finishing a little bit more, um, I, you know, I think they probably would have had a couple more in the in the back of the net. But uh, what are your thoughts, you know, for University of Incarnate Word? What's something that maybe you'd like to see them do a little bit better moving forward to have a successful year? Yeah, I think Coach kind of mentioned it. I know we were waiting for them when they are in their little huddle. I think he touched on it and said they need to, they wanted to improve on their finish and they need to finish better. I mean, they had good opportunities to put the ball into the net. I mean, they have excellent forwards. I mean, they they have speed, they have size. You know, they have the ingredients to put the balls in the net. They just got to finish, and especially the conference that they're in and the whack. You know, they got to really, you know, put the ball in the net to, you know, just just to kind of, you know, you know, take care of as far as with their defense. You know, the defense needs does needs some improvement. So if they get caught in a high-scoring, you know, they, if they're in a high-scoring game, you know, they're gonna have to outscore some other teams until the defense kind of catches on. But goalkeeping-wise, they actually have an excellent goalkeeper, and that's something that I was kind of watching, watching him, and he was very vocal, very enthusiastic, really kind of con taking control of the team. So that's some good leader. They, you can see they have some good leadership on the team. You know, and I, I think they, I expect some good things from them. I think, you know, they may surprise some teams if they can get everything together you know, prior to their conference schedule. And who's to say, you know, they don't win their, you know, they can sneak in, win the conference championship and get into the NCAA playoffs. Absolutely. We'll be following them this year, too, and uh, looking forward to watching them play. And one other thing that, you know, kind of uh, take away for you younger players still in high school and everything, you know, uh, Coach Cartee mentioned these players come – in shape, you know, they come ready to play. So don't think that the uh, summer vacation, you know, is time to uh, take off before that college season because I know these coaches, uh, they don't want to spend a whole lot of time on getting you ready to run. So uh, that was kind of a, a fun match. I'm glad that we got to, to get out there and everything. And, and like I say, I look forward to uh, watching them a lot more this season. Um, but uh, one thing, too, just of note uh, in UPSL news, Harry, uh, the, the SA Runners kind of had an exciting announcement and something that I think all of San Antonio can really uh, get behind, especially at this point uh, in the season with uh, their announcing their Open Cup opponent. Uh, tell us a little bit about that Open Cup opponent. Yeah, so, and let me just finish up on the UIW here because you mentioned watching them. 
for the Moons, uh, they're going to be heading up to uh, the East Coast. Uh, they're going to play UMBC um, on Friday, uh, but on Saturday, pardon me, on Sunday, September first, uh, they're going to play at Liberty University. And the nice one about that is it will be on ESPN Plus. Uh, so you mentioned that we want to kind of watch them. So uh, even though they're not here in San Antonio, they'll be in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, with your uh, ESPN Plus subscription uh, at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, if you got nothing better else to do, uh, like said, here, uh, you'll be able to have uh, UIW uh, on in the background here. Uh, but to turn to the runners here, yeah, they're going to play Coyotes FC. Uh, historically, looking at uh, the you know at least the last three years um, on the uh, when when the first round of the qualifying's played. Um, it'll probably be typically around, be around September, the third weekend in September, around the 21st, 22nd, somewhere around there. Um, it has not been announced yet. Um, I did kind of reach out to Mason. Um, he does believe it will be, you know, most likely it will be at uh, the Coyotes. Uh, so it'll be a way match for, um, you know, for, uh, the, for the runners here. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But, no, it's awesome to see and, and like I said here, uh, we all should be rooting for the runners because I think it would be very awesome uh, to see Mason and, and, and his boys uh, play at Toyota Field, assuming that it would be there um, mm-hmm. against San Antonio FC and, and you know, SAFC's first first round next year of 2020 uh, Open mm-hmm. Cup qualifying. So uh, I think that's some pretty exciting news uh, that's going that's going to be happening for them. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, everybody, I think, kind of still remembers or at least I've heard plenty about. I wasn't here at the time, but the Corinthians uh, Open Cup run, you know, and kind of them, the pinnacle of that being San Antonio FC. So would be pretty neat to see a repeat of some sort of that here for the runners. And, you know, we've talked about uh, the talent there on their roster. And Rafa, I know you're a a huge proponent of if they can trim it down to like a 25 man, you know, ultra competitive squad. Uh, how far do you think you know that that squad can get for a run like this in the Open Cup? I think it just depends on how how bad they want it. You know, this is a pretty much a golden opportunity to you know, to get in as far. Maybe hopefully, maybe you know, see the runners play against SAFC. You know, that's that's a possibility. You know, it's and then for them to have the game maybe at, like I said at Toyota. It'd be a, kind of like a dream come true for a lot of those players, and maybe it's an opportunity for them to get noticed too as well for maybe other other clubs. So it's I think you know good luck to the runners, and hopefully they can get the win and, and keep on going. And hopefully they, do, they we do have a, a home game for for the Open Cup for next for for 2020 in the springtime. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. There's also the C- Central Texas Lobos up in South Austin that are you know also going to be playing. Um, I would love to be able to see. A local team, you know, make it out. You know, and I know this hopefully doesn't offend Scott, but I'm tired of the North Texas teams uh, kind of controlling, you know, the Open Cups and you know all the other state, you know, all the other uh, UPSL results here. So it, it's time for San Antonio and, and the Central Texas to start putting its stamp on on the, on the programs and, and start winning some trophies and, and going further in, in conference play. Absolutely. I agree. I'm a firm proponent and we got it up on the poll. Do you want to see runners versus SAFC open cup? Hell yes or no. I don't know why you would vote no, but I want to do more poll questions. So it's up there. Go ahead and vote. 
Um, but also, too, we definitely wanted to uh, get into our uh, match of the week. Little little preview. Um, we, we have previewed uh, University of Texas San Antonio, the women's soccer team, previously when we saw them take on UIW ladies. Uh, but they will be taking on Texas State, as we've mentioned, uh, this Friday, 7 p.m. at UTSA West Athletic Field. Um, you know, I know we're really looking forward to it. We're going to be out there. Uh, so if you guys are looking for something to do Friday night uh, before the SAFC match, San Antonio FC not starting until 9 o'clock, uh, being on the West Coast and everything. So plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time to uh, go out there and uh, watch the UTSA ladies take on Texas State. I know the uh, men's football is always a big rivalry between the two schools. There's no reason why, you know, the women's soccer can't have that that same kind of atmosphere. So we had a great time out there at their preseason match. Um, again, Friday, you know, we'll be reminding people and everything, uh, but we'll be out there watching them take on the Bobcats. How did they look, just out of curiosity, uh... Um, I know they played this weekend, it was past weekend in the Cardinal Classic. Uh, I know they beat uh, Louisiana Lafayette 3-0, and unfortunately the big match against Oklahoma State was canceled due to uh, rain, I believe, is what it, you know, what it is. I know um, Texas State is also uh, coming in, uh, having played uh, UIW women, uh, which they won 1-0, uh, so they're coming in uh, on, on that as well, so... Uh, it should be an interesting uh, match. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on going out to it. I'm going to try to see if the kids will go out. Uh, I know they have soccer practice, so um, I'm going to be out there. I don't know if the kids will be or not, but I will be there. So, Well, Rafa, for those who maybe didn't watch this show last week, for whatever reason, I'll let you just kind of feel that first, um, you know, just a, a two-minute or, or whatever. You know, what, what were your thoughts kind of to answer Harry's question on the uh, lady runners? Well, I mean, they, they have a good, like I said, a good team coming like coming back. And uh, you can tell that when, when we went to, well, out to the scrimmage, they had a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's shown on the game against Louisiana Lafayette, getting those goals. And then, keep you know, the game versus Oklahoma State, you know, I know it was canceled, but they were tied 1-1 with them. So that shows that they, they can keep up with a Big 12 team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, it's a good foot on the direction as far as you know getting to the conference tournament and hopefully even contending too so this should be a very good game because like i said this is a rivalry game it's i-35 shootout uh i guess measuring from the wapak score with the uiw and with also the utsa it's going to be a very evenly matched game but i'm going to give the edge to utsa it's a home game but i think they're just the speed that they have and then also the a touch on the balls that the ladies are doing. They're quite, you know, moving the ball, keeping shape on defense. So they, I think they're going to get a a win on on Friday night. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to say with the uh, preseason matches, you know, some of these scrimmages and exhibitions and stuff like that with the result between Texas State and UIW and then the result between UTSA and UIW. I do agree with you, though. Um, They're a really fast team. Uh, you know, they've got some seniors coming back. They've got some international players, uh, some strong goalkeepers on the team. And and we talked about, you know, North Texas kind of usually the dominant team in their conference. So obviously a very important match for UTSA to try and win as many conference games as possible if they do want to make a run. So uh, definitely looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see how Texas State looks uh, out there on Friday night. Excited to get to see 
more teams play and kind of get more familiar with uh, some of their players and, and, and their levels of talent. So we'll see you guys out there on Friday uh, before the San Antonio FC watch party. And again, we'll be sending out reminders and, and stuff like that during the week. So uh, any further uh, topics to discuss or anything like that, uh, Harry, before the only topic on the college ones that I want to do, and, and I want to commend uh, uh, SAFC on this, the last two home matches. Uh, we had uh, UTSA Women's out, uh, I think, the game before against RGV. This week we had UIW. Um, it was kind of awesome to see uh, Stephen McCarthy uh, ran into him, was able to shake his hand, uh, you know, while the game was going on. Um, but I know the tailgate, uh, you know, you know Profiteers Mission City, it was awesome to see them out there. And, and you know, like I said, obviously, uh, each of the teams, you know, jumped into the supporter section for a period of time. So uh, hats off to SAFC for uh, reaching out to both of those programs and, and inviting, uh, you know, the programs through. And, you know, I'd like to see, you know, you know Trinity, you know, also be invited. Um, you know, uh, maybe uh, Mr. What was it? You know, Jacob. Uh, uh, well, I forgot. I want to really? say Tingle. Um, Tingle can uh, uh, see about arranging something, uh, but I think that would also be pretty cool to see uh, Trinity out there um, have a night for them as well. And that might already be on the cards, but uh, um, St. Mary's. So in St. Mary's as well. So I think I think that's awesome to highlight the local college teams, um, and I think that goes towards the mission of SAFC with their academy programs and stuff like that to be able to reach out to the to the universities, but. Uh, hats off to SAFC and, and like I said here, um, it was awesome to see the men's and women's teams out there. Um, I know AJ got to play a little uh, little uh, uh, tailgate soccer with one of the uh, assistant coaches. Uh, he was saying that he met Megder and uh, she also got a couple on him. So <laughs> it was a good time. Going to get himself in trouble over there. Kid better watch <laughs> out. Nah, kudos to them though. You're right. That was it. And seeing them over in 118 was really neat uh, as well. So um, <clears throat> we'll be watching them some more this season though. And uh, kind of on that note as well, um, a project that we're working on for sasoccer.org. If you haven't visited it yet, go check it out. Um, but we're working on a calendar that will compile kind of the local matches and things like that. Cause I know Harry's always staying on top of who's playing when and everything. So we'll put all that in one place so that if you're looking for some soccer one weekend or something like that, we'll uh, have you covered with uh, some different options for you guys uh, as far as how to support local soccer. Um, so more news on that and everything when we get that published, but that is another project that we are working on here at the San Antonio soccer Roundtable. So I think without further ado, that takes us right on into San Antonio FC. And uh, we kind of mentioned it before, this uh, bipolar roller coaster of a season, love-hate relationship that is San Antonio FC. Harry, uh, I I'm hoping that this was therapeutic for you. Let's start with you, buddy. Um, you know, I, I guess we can start with the lineup. We can start with the roster. You know, what were your first thoughts kind of before the match started versus New Mexico United? Yeah, so it was kind of a a weird match for me because I actually had uh, Chris from a Seek and Strike podcast uh, that, that came over. I picked him up from the airport. Um, you know, we ended up you know you know hosting him for you know for the night because he was going to stay at the you know stay at the airport. Uh, so you know we you know you know we took care of him and him and I were kind of discussing because we both. Both teams kind of had similar disappointing results where it was a tie, but both teams kind of felt like, it, you know, it was a loss uh, for that here. Um, but going into the match, 
I didn't know what to expect, you know, because the lineup I think was pretty consistent with with last week. Uh, you know, with, with the two weeks, I think we've got a pretty consistent lineup right now. Where Cardoni, uh, Akan, Yarrow, Green in, in the back, Pekka, uh, Hernandez seems to have uh, replaced Lahood, mm-hmm. um, and then Pirano, Barnby, Lopez, Restrepo, and Gomez. So uh, that seems to be the thing there. The I guess the only odd thing was more on the bench, uh, and that was. Uh, Number seven, Lance Ling was, was actually on the bench here, which um, I'm not going to lie to you, I thought was a, you know, I think I spoke with Rafa at the match, and I was like, I never, I didn't expect him back, you know, you know, you know just, just with it. But um, I think it makes sense now with news that we received later on in the week on why he's uh, kind of reentering back in. And, you know, maybe it'll be kind of a, you know, late season magic like he had last year. Uh, you know, because he does got leadership. He does have, you know, you know, he's got tremendous talent. So um, that was kind of, you know, that was the only thing that kind of uh, caught me off guard uh, mm-hmm. um, as far as going into the matches. I, I didn't really, New Mexico is one of those teams where you knew goals were going to be scored, but you figured they were going to score a few goals as well. Right. And that was kind of the surprising part of it, um, you know, without just getting too far ahead of ourselves and everything, um, you know, with the, the addition of Lance Lang back, uh, he hasn't really had a chance yet to play with Lopez. Um, so mm-hmm. I'll be excited to kind of see if he starts to get some minutes. Um, you know, we kind of saw that spark from Billy a little bit there for that four or five games, you know, before that knock or, or his streak again here lately with the hot cold. Um, but I'd love to see Lang get a chance to kind of mix it up a little bit with Lopez and, and see maybe what they can do. And uh, I'm sure that's something that he's kind of excited about as well, because I know just through talking to Billy, um, he was really excited with the addition of Lopez and, and kind of being able to combine and, and play with that style of player. So that'll be interesting. I agree. Um, but we really didn't see too many chances on the evening from New Mexico United. Uh, obviously, Cardoni came up big, you know, about three times in a row. I don't know if a couple of those didn't count on the stat sheet because the whistle blew, obviously, with the offside. Yeah, yeah, so I think they probably had a few more chances than what the uh, box score reported. Um, but, you know, they really didn't get a whole lot of chances, and I, I think that was kind of the story of the evening, like you said. Um, Rafa, how much of that do you think was our back line doing a good job? How much of it was they just didn't get very many chances on the night? Yeah, we were more disciplined, I think, this week. I know last week, the week with RGV, you know, we just made two bonehead mistakes, and I think they kind of reflected it on that. And, I, you know, I was a little nervous going into this as to how are we going to react from a game that felt like a loss? Are we going to, you know, turn it up, get the win, or are we going to regress? And and they picked up the challenge, you know. They, were, they knew that this was going to be – a very tough opponent that can put balls in the net and they responded by shutting them out, you know, and I know, I know the red card kind of came into a little play. A little bit. Made, a, made a huge difference. Cause that, that, oh, yeah, it was early. It was early. They were, they were putting. They yeah. But like I said, but the, you know, discipline wise, as far as defense, cause you know, the last game we were up, you know, we we're up a man and we still gave up two goals. So, right. you know, when they got the red card, you know, how are we going to respond? Are we going to, you know, fall asleep again on defense? This didn't happen. I think a lot of also had to do because Pekka was on the field. Yes. Last week he did not play. 
I think having him, you can say he's just the leader of the defense. He anchors that defense, gets everything organized. And then having Moses on there too is just sure things up there. And like I said, very few chances for New Mexico, get, you know, trying to get shots on goal on Cardoni. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we saw that uh, against New Mexico United. You know, as good as Pirano played, I, I kind of thought, though, we saw a little bit of uh, a step backwards in terms of that shooting from outside the box that we've been seeing him do. I, I know I'm getting really picky here from a guy who had a brace and uh, another brace. And USL Player of the assist. Week with two goals and two assists. <laughs> the only player so far in San Antonio history that's done that. But go ahead, Scott. But no, he needs to start <laughs> shooting from outside. No, I just, you know, I, I did kind of notice that a little bit, but obviously, you know, Harry, you kind of mentioned them playing a man down and, and what an impact that that had on their ability to keep up with us. What do you think, though? What was different? Um, you know, a lot of people sent out that tweet in the 25th minute or when we went up 2-0, to zero, you know, shortly thereafter, up 2-0 to zero at the half with a, a red card or whatever, you know, deja vu all over again. Um, what did you think they did differently? Well, I think they kept the pressure on. I think, you know, it's – it seemed like against RGV, I don't want to say they totally backed off, but they didn't, you know, they didn't keep the pressure on like they had to. They thought they had it, had it won, and they took, they took their feet off, you know, the pedal, and they paid for it. This time, you know, you know, when, when Frank got his goal in the 56th minute, you know, you, I think you could just feel that the stadium just, you know, the pressure was off. You know, it's okay. Hey, they got that third goal. Um, you know, to where, hey, if you give up one, it you know, you're not in a dogfight. Because, you you know, if New Mexico would have got one right after the start of the half, you know, it would have been interesting to see how San Antonio would have reacted because all the pressure would have been on them after last week. The crowd would have been a little bit more nervous, we'll say, uh, for that here. But, you know, when, when Lopez got his goal, uh, you know, you know, in, in, in the 56 minute here, um, you know, I, th- I think, you know, it, it, it kind of relaxed everybody. Um, and, and what I liked about it is, is they kept pushing, you know, you know, cause Pirano's second goal was in the 90th minute. So, which, you know, which tells you that even though they were up four Oh, they weren't just going to the corner or passing around. They were still trying to attack in, uh, which to me, you know, is, is, in my opinion, very unlike Coach Powell, because uh, you know Coach Powell historically has been more, "Hey, I got a, I got a goal," you know, let me kind of sit back a little bit more. Um, but with this team, with the offense that they have, you know, you, to me, it's almost like you know, and I'm not comparing San Antonio FC to, to Atlanta United, but how Atlanta United started uh, was it Coach Demir or whatever, you know, was holding them back, having them play a more defensive style and not having them press. And as soon as he let go of the reins, you know, Atlanta United, you know, United, I think, you know, probably winning the open cup tonight, you know, they're back, you know, com- you know, competitive at the top of the standings. And I think with this team here with Lopez, with Gomez, with Restrepo, with Pirano, Hernandez, Forbes, you've got the horses that you can keep putting the pressure on there and you've got the depth on the bench. Cause we haven't seen what Gomez, you know, Lang hasn't hasn't been on the field. You know, before you know, uh, um, uh, um, you know, uh, Ethan, you know, wasn't you know, you know, wasn't on the field much. 
So you've got the depth for offensively to keep the pressure to start winning three, four, five, nothing, you know, or, you know, five to two, you know, along those lines to where you can overcome maybe a little bit of weakness in the defense. But when you pull back the reins and, and you start, you know, easing off the brakes, that's, that's where you ask for trouble. Well, and I think you nailed it too. You know, I, I like that Pekka uh, Mo combination. You know, obviously LaHood could be a great addition in the 70th minute if you're up and you want to make that more defensive holding kind of possession substitution. But I'm excited to see Pekka and Mo team up. Um, we've actually got the goals, the highlights uh, from the match. So let's go ahead and uh, check out some of the goals and, and some of the highlights. Although that more delivery was essentially a corner coming from the left side. And a yellow. It looks more red than yellow. Did it look I would, red? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a... well, so you see Jack Gormby. He knocked Justin Schmidt over the billboard there and Salim Mohammed must have either done something or where Strepo as Gomez gets to the top or Lopez rather to the top of the 18 instead it's Pirano Pirano and it's San Antonio up one this kid the young just turned 20 year old another assist for Walter Restrepo is his fifth Pirano's got daylight moving forward here a nice little back touch there. Gomez, strike to the back post, and Antonio's up two. Him carrying the ball. You can see how he takes this interior touch and drags the defenders inside, which leaves this lane outside. Um, he plays the ball right in, uh, right into the into, into the space, and, and they just plug it. And look at the result. They just need to put the pedal to the metal and keep playing uh, the way they, they played in the first half. Frank Lopez, and Antonio gets that third one. Meanwhile, here's Jack Barnby. Nice little return ball. Restrepo will make it four! Walter Restrepo! That's brilliant! Unreal ball right there by Barnby. Exciting football. They're scoring exciting goals. Parano! And there it is! Five goals for San Antonio FC! Christian Parano! That's off of uh, Suggs. There you have it, five goals, uh, a five-goal win, uh, two new records, as I'm sure most of you have heard already. Um, but, you know, one, one fault of the keeper that kind of we discussed before the show was uh, him hugging that near post there on a couple goals. Uh, Rafa, I know you're a goalie coach. You kind of have that that inside knowledge. You know, what do you train your keepers as far as positioning in some of those situations where you're one-on-one? -on -one? Well, that that's actually the right position to be. I mean, kind of hugging the goal. And what surprises me that if he knew where the shots were going to be at, he just never reacted to them or reacted too late. I think, like I said, even if they try shooting near pose, I think he still had the angle to block those. But I think he just was kind of slow on reaction. And if you look at that, especially like I said, the first two goals, he was just slow on those shots for Gomez and for Pirano. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, position-wise, he was doing the right thing, but – you know, he just was not reacting to the shots right away. So, you know, and that's the same thing even also the goal for Restrepo too, that third, uh, fourth goal. You know, he had good positioning, but 
It went through his legs, right? A reaction, yeah. yeah. So that's where hopefully that's what Mexico kind of needs to fix is so those are goalkeepings or something's wrong. You know, maybe they need to switch it up. But but we're glad like I said put the goals in. Like Harry, <laughs> yeah, we're glad, I'm glad like I said we're, we put those goals in. Like Harry mentioned, you know they didn't take the foot off the gas. And I think I think that's what something with this formation when you're playing the three four three, it's just straight up attack. And you and and they finally got to see the the full I think the full of the full formation how it should really work because we should be averaging maybe three four games with that formation and especially with the players that we have you know you know everything's starting to click you know hopefully the next game against Tacoma you know we do put another five on the you know put five on them you know that's just momentum that we can keep up and keep up and. You know, I don't want to go too down the road, but you know, Phoenix better, you know, better beware. Cause, you know, Are you threatening you know, Phoenix they, right now? Yeah, Phoenix after their fourteenth. Yeah, but they may we could catch them up with their pants down. So that's I think we beat Phoenix. I think we beat Phoenix. I'm oh go my gosh! I, I'm already saying I think we beat Phoenix. You know, they they may put the foot down, then because they're way it's ahead of everybody. So there's no more. <laughs> I'm like, why are they like Saturday night? We're gonna we're gonna end the streak. Yeah, if, but... if they... <laughs> how many games have they won straight right now, Harry? Come on, buddy. Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Well, you heard it here first. You know, we we're the place where you hear it first in tinfoil hat theories and Phoenix Rising. Watch out, Sam Doer. We know you uh, you watch the podcast, so you heard it here. But Harry's getting a tinfoil hat. Here we go, man. But it's not it's not a tinfoil theory. I think the form that SAFC's in historically, San Antonio matches well against Phoenix. I don't know why. It's just, okay. His history says San Antonio matches well. They should have beat them the first game of the, uh, first game of the year, with you know, with the exception of Jason Johnson doing the killer at the thing there but you know you could go back saying hey we let up you know at, at that time it's going to be tough but I'm, I'm going to go on record i'm not shy about it i think i think san antonio uh will uh will, will do it i don't know if i'm brave enough to do uh you know what a couple of years ago i did a uh, hot pepper bet uh with uh you know rising That's is right i don't know if i'm quite that confident <laughs> Boo this man. Put it on the poll. Should Harry do a hot pepper contest with Phoenix Rising Pod? So, but uh, uh, I've, I've done it once. Uh, my daughter's, you know, Anna's like asked, hey, are you going to do that again? You know, so I, I guess I'm due for for another one uh, coming up here. So. All righty. We can discuss that. That's September 7th. So. Got some time to find those hot peppers or one of those chips or something like that. We'll, we'll find there something is, hot. There is one omission that uh, I unfortunately didn't make, and that's uh, the Central Lobos play um, uh, play the uh, uh, Celtic Cowboys premiere. Uh, they're also out of Austin as well. Uh, so, you know, since they are a, you know, and I know we're San Antonio based, but they are a Central Texas team. Uh, so, you know, and, and they'll actually be facing uh, Central Texas Lobo. So um, do want to, you know, try to, you know, be fair and cover. If I'm going to cover, you know, Central Texas or mention them, I do, do also need to mention uh, the Celtic Cowboys premiere. And, and thank you, Martin, for pointing that out. Absolutely. And San Antonio is greater than Austin. Go runners. 
So who else do we need to talk about this evening before we put a bow on today's show? Well, I don't think there's really much news, right? You know, so there's the game and then, oh, wait, there's been two other news. We already kind of hinted that uh, Pirano was named USL Championship Player of the Week. I got to think he's got to be in the hunt for Player of the Month. I, I think he's got to be, you know, one of the top ones up there with what he's been putting on. Uh, the other league news that was pretty big, and I know you mentioned that you wanted to talk about this real quick before we hit the big, in my opinion, the biggest news for you know, for SAFC. Uh, USL uh, will be continuing with, with ESPN Plus, which is the best deal um, and soon going to be even greater when you're able to do Disney, Hulu, and ESPN Plus all packaged together. So, uh, And uh, University of the Incarnate Word. And you get to see University of the Incarnate Word. <laughs> Uh, you'll be able to watch football, you know, the, the, you know, but uh, just for, you know, for the soccer coverage. Uh, they reached uh, a three-year deal that uh, goes through 2022, uh, which was pointed out to me, and I'll put this on here for here, uh, is also the same time that the MLS deals are done. So, you know, kind of, you know, it's something to be looking out for here, you know, on social media. Uh, but the big news on it is that uh, they were uh, – their right fees uh, uh, that they were paid actually quadrupled. They were uh, getting three hundred thousand. Uh, now they're going to be getting one point two million, and I think how it divides out is about twenty six. Uh, uh, what twenty six thousand per team, approximately. Do we know uh, that they disperse those funds to the teams, though, yes. or was that just a theory? Well, I, I think it's to help cover because. From what I've heard, it takes about thirty thousand to run the the media for the you know the the media rights for the teams or the productions. So if you're able to get one point two million, and that's you know let's say twenty five twenty six, uh, you know thousand for there, it's almost a wash from if what you're getting. It's from ESPN split Plus. equally among the teams, though, right? Do we know that it's split equally among the teams? That one point two million dollars yeah. that they're getting. From my from my from my understanding is is they do get uh, now how it's split or not. That's you know. No. Uh, granted, though, we, we, we so that I just wasn't sure. I wanted to clarify because I, I was kind of curious about that. If they redistributed those funds to the team, I saw somebody commented on there that they speculated if they did a percentage or whatever of the 1.2 divided by if it split equally. But I, I never saw a statement or anything like that from the USL that they yeah, split it's from that USL, money. But I think just but if if from my understanding and speaking with people that I know that's inside of it. It does get spread out. Now, how it gets spread, you know, of course. That it could be here's a thousand, here's a thousand, here's a thousand, here's 1.1 million. I, I think if you did, well, I, and I think I think with it being franchises, I don't know if you're going to be able to, you know, it's not like MLS where you favor the, the large market teams. Is really there's you know. Well, I meant USL kept 1.1 million and then threw everybody else a little doggy treat, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I'm still excited though. 18 games going to be broadcasted on ESPN versus six on regular ESPN channels. Um, they said they're going to be bringing some games to ESPN Deportes, so you'll have some USL matches in Spanish. So definitely growing from the six games that they signed up for last year on their last TV deal with ESPN Plus. So, yeah, I thought that was huge news and, and great for the league. How much the and, teams benefit? I'm and just the curious. competitor, NISA, uh, uh, and I know they're a new league, uh, they're going to be on my Cujo with, with, with uh, UPSL. So um, That'll be interesting. I mean, I, I know I've heard from UPSL teams the bandwidth issues and some of the servers from my Cujo and just some of the issues that they had hosting the matches that – a lot of the times, it's not necessarily the uh, product of the club on some of those MyCujo streams. Yes, it's the servers. It's, and 
the the Nisa fans are are not uh, happy, but at least it's not Flow Sports. That's that's the thing I'm going to say is thank God it's not Flow Sports. Which, if you don't know, MLS, you know, uh, I think Cincinnati and DC United are on it, and they've had issues. And of course, they're based out of Austin. So, but you know, once again, that's Austin uh, for it. But the other big news, uh, you know, so before time runs out on us tonight here, and we hit the striking hour. Uh, the big news, Ethan Bryant, uh, he's going over to Belgium, joined KSV uh, uh, Roselaire, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced that here. Uh, he's pretty excited it's, uh, you know, uh, for that here. Um, so, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know, you know, they didn't announce any, any uh, details of what was happened. Um, I thought he was under academy contract, but I guess he was actually under a professional contract this year. Um, so that kind of makes things a little bit more interesting with it. Um, but, uh, you know, for Ethan, like I said here, and any, any young American player, uh, the ability to go overseas uh, is, is, uh, is awesome. I, I happen to know, um, you know, for, you know, you know, I just, I think, I think, you know, I can't be more happier for him and his family. And, and you know, I know they, I saw a YouTube video out from him, you know, talking about his time, how he transitioned from high school at Brandeis to, you know, at home to, uh, you know, his backyard where, you know, basically he'd kick against the uh, cement uh, floor. You know, it was just, you know, he's an awesome kid. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think everybody's super excited for Ethan. Um, you know, at the same time, sad to see him go. But like you say, the uh, different contract does kind of change some of that. I, I think he's probably excited, too, to try and see what training's like overseas in Europe. You know, you can be exposed to kind of the U.S. scene for so long, but hopefully he can get some additional training and everything over there to really develop into uh, the, the player that everybody thinks he seems to have the potential to be. Uh, I know as a parent, though, that's got to be super difficult uh, as a mom and dad, you know, to send your kid overseas like that. So I, I feel sorry, you know, for the parents, Mr. and Ms. Bryant. Um, you're in our, our, our thoughts and everything because, yeah, that's that's got to be super tough. But really excited for Ethan. And, uh, you know, it's another team that we'll have overseas to kind of follow. And uh, I'm sure they'll have a pretty big fan base here in San Antonio as their season starts and we get to start to kind of see – Maybe him get some minutes and everything. So I guess my question for Rafa, and you know, and I guess this is you know, there's two ways to look at this: one from a player side, and then one from a league side. Um, you know, just if you could take each side, what's the advantages of, of you know going from uh, you know a, as a kid, you know, as an 18 year old? Because from my understanding, that's why they you know they had to wait till he turned 18, which he recently did. Um, and then from a league aspect, um, do you think it's positive or negative that the Division II t league here in the United States is not able to hold young talent like that uh, going over in, in going over to Belgium's uh, you know Division II team? And from my understanding, you know the team he's going to is kind of a mid-pack team, so it's not one of the best you know the, the top-tier teams historically. Um, but yeah, I guess that'd be my question, kind of you know you know from you as as a you know you know, recruiter and stuff, how, how does that, how does that look both for a player and league? I think for the player aspect, it's a great opportunity. Cause you're going to play 
I think maybe their second division is maybe a lot tougher than what we have here with the USL, maybe slightly more, because you do have more international players than trained with the different academies. And I think, you know, his opportunity playing there, learning different styles, he's going to see a different type of player too, you know, going over there. And hopefully, like I said, he does get success and that'll lead him to maybe getting signed up to maybe the first division in Belgium or, Maybe hopefully in Holland, since Holland's right next to them, you know, and you see how, you know, Ajax and PSV are such a factory of producing players and then shipping them off to the big teams. And I guess the USL can kind of kind of smile about that because, you know, say, hey, you know, we're producing great player, young players here in the United States and shipping them off to Europe. You know, you know, this is not, you know, this is not kind of like a, some developmental Mm-hmm. Lowly, you know, we we have great players that, you know, we're sending off to look. We're sending them off to Europe, you know, and it shows that the European teams are coming over here looking at USL talent and, and helping them build their squads over there. So it, it's it's a I think all of it's a positive. It's a, it's a negative for us because we're losing a great player. You know, you know, Ethan was important to our team, but I see it just all positive because. It just gives more exposure, not only for him, but also for our league and also for San Antonio FC. It's just That's shows true. that our academy is producing great players. You know, who's to say the next one isn't like, let's say, Gallegos or Price or mm-hmm. some of the other academy kids? You know, they may be the next ones who's getting going to Europe mm-hmm. and playing, you know, playing over there, whether it's, you know, the second division. But it's it's a positive overall. And like I said, I do wish him luck out there and. And we'll see how, how he does over there, you know. The feedback that I got, and I had a, a private discussion with somebody online. Um, he kind of took it more, more as a negative on the league side. And it really wasn't what you, it wasn't what I thought it was. He was talking about more about the coaching. Because um, over there you got, you know, even at a division two, the coaches are a little bit more, you know, licensed better, qualified. Um, you know, obviously Coach Powell is, is you know, and I think this is part of the reason why he, he he has a longer leash than most is because he's got the type top licenses here in, in, in the United States where you've still got some coaches that um, have had to take time time away, you know, a week or two to, you know, do a certification or to, to continue to build that up. Where from my understanding over in Europe or, or you know, South America, those those licenses are a little bit, you know, you've got, you've got that history, you've got that tenure. Um, you know, it's not saying you can't have a young coach. But typically, you're going to have you know more of a veteran you know coaching system on there to where you know from the training aspect you get you get that and I think that's you know we talk about the league overall but I think that's also the other thing that we need to work on here stateside is you know not only with the academies but the coaching um, and getting more qualified coaches um, that have the licenses and, and stuff like that you know very similar to Coach Powell. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do it like here with you know not to say anything bad about us you know usff as far as licenses i know there it's a lot of it's a money issue mm-hmm. not so much in europe like i said you mentioned how they got the you know, training over there who they are and so forth i think what they need to really kind of you know u.s soccer federation needs to realize that you know what we have a lot of these coaches here that they can't advance because of Kind of like with the club situation, you know, the pay for play, it's the same thing with the coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe we need to make it affordable 
to train a lot of these younger coaches to be, you know, because sooner or later they're going to want to be coaching the USL. So they have the last teams, you know. Well, my understanding as well is the they limit the opportunities. You know, it, you know, if you've got a coach that wants, to, you know, that is willing to pay it, but the opportunity isn't there to take the class, you know, or it's not in a convenient, you know, you got to fly halfway across the United States along those lines there. So it's not so much just the cost, but it's also, in, in my opinion, USSF limiting or putting a cap on, on how many coaches that they want to have. I, th- I think the worry is that they might have like too many guys with a licenses that are not good enough, but you know, I've done the training before, you know, you have great instructors and they know who, who knows knowledge as far as the game was going to be good coaches and who are not. And that's how they kind of weed them out. But I, you're right. As far as opportunities are very limited. I know like for me trying to get the C license, it's $1,500 and they only offer it maybe once out of a year. And it's during se- during the season where we're in play, which I can't go. So, and they spread it on to two weeks and I can't take time off of work, you know, they, they have to really kind of think over, you know, over this and say, hey, you know, what can we do to to make, not just make this easier, but make it more for the coaches can access it to it, you know, have the time to do it. And then that way we have quality coaches. They're going to take over like in, in the future for the, like say for the USL, MLS, or even the national team. And that's probably the, why Europe has you know, the top quality coaches because they gave them opportunities you know, to learn systems and so forth. And like I said, with Ethan, like I said, Ethan going over there, he's going to get, you know, a lot different quality of coaching than, they, than he's accustomed to doing here. But it's just going to make him grow a lot better, you know, as, as a player. That's what's something they need to kind of think about over doing the same thing over here, you know, for the UN, for USF as well. Well, we'll have to wait and see, you know, how Ethan develops as a player and everything. Uh, He probably did, obviously, what, you know, he thought was best for him. And I'm sure, you know, spent a lot of time in consideration and talks with his parents and everything on that decision. So wishing him all the best of luck. Um, But as you mentioned, Terry, just a ton of news this week to cover. Uh, We've got Ethan. We've got the ESPN Plus deal. Anything else kind of before we get into our final thoughts? No, uh, the, the only thing, and, and like I said here, if uh, uh, if you're a UPS Central Heart team, um, I'm trying to send an email out to you guys or communication out to you. I want to see about putting together an article. Um, I don't know if it'll be out next week or maybe the week after, um, you know, depending on how fast I can get some responses back, just kind of as a heart preview. Uh, since really uh, for UPSL, it's, it's, it's centralized uh, in one conference right now, so... Um, you know, that, that's what I'm hoping to do. And, and like I said, you know, uh, my goal is obviously to get at least, uh, you know, the, the calendar on, on the side of, you know, uh, you know, a Google calendar to where if you do want to have a resource uh, to be able to look up teams, because I had one last year, but uh, when I was speaking with James Hope um, at, uh, at one of the UPSL matches, you know, and he thought it would be a great resource if, if there was a central location where you could go through and say, Hey, where, where is, you know, either UPSL, college, you know, SAFC, obviously most people's going to know. Um, but the lower leagues, if there, if there was a way to be able to kind of centralize one site without having to go to the three different or four different leagues, uh, 
you know, during the summer or, you know, during the, during the fall and winter for, you know, for soccer in high school. So um, that'll be something that uh, hopefully, you know, me and Scott uh, will be able to get done and get up uh, fairly quickly here. Absolutely. Well, we're excited to uh, follow the UPSL Central Conference, the Heart Division this year and uh, kind of their realignment and everything, as you mentioned, uh, centralizes everything a little bit there for us as well for, for following the league and everything. Um, but Rafa, what about you, man? Any Anything that you wanted to get into or any other topics of discussion before our final thoughts? Um, as far as far as going back to, I guess, Pirano's play, a little touch on that. I don't like him. He's... Like I said, he's 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 just on fire right now. Obvious player of the month. Uh, maybe even I don't know if the USL has this in rookie of the year. I mean, that's a good point. They should create I mean, it if they he, don't. He, he, I, I he's got my vote for rookie of the year. You know, he's no. no I don't see any any other rookie on USL is going to be be named player of the of the month. That's so, a good question. I'll have to do some research for other first year players to see. Who else is and, and like I said, this would also take into consideration some of the two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that there is a better, better, better player at this time. Now, of course, he's got to finish strong. There's what nine yeah. games left in the season, so but that's a great point. Yeah. So I, right now, for me, he's my rookie of the year right now the, in the USL. You know, just the way and the way he's playing, he's peaking at the right time. You know, he didn't show that in, in March, but he's a way different player now. Mm-hmm. Here, here, here in August. Well, we'll start the Rookie of the Year campaign. I can get behind that for Pirano uh, here in San Antonio. Um, but he doesn't take long shots. He doesn't shoot from outside the box. Yeah, and yeah, anybody who asks will tell you the same thing. Yeah, that's the one thing I do want to see him. Well, that last goal he scored was from outside of the 18. I think he really needs to, when he gets that space, he needs to really fire it in from those those spots. And that left foot is dangerous. Yes, you know, he really let last goal. He really placed that one. That goalie had no chance. And I think he needs to kind of realize, you know what? I have a shot, outside shot. I need to start taking more advantage of it. I know he's a non-selfish player because he's trying to get the balls through mm-hmm. Frank. But sometimes when you're open, you got to be a little selfish and, hey, you know what? Take that shot. And then I say, if it ricochets out, Frank's right there to clean things up for, for him. Absolutely. Well, we'll see how the season finishes off and everything. Um, excited to see his play for the remaining matches uh, this week away, you know, there uh, against uh, Tacoma Defiance. Um, Harry, uh, for our final match preview, um, you know, what are your thoughts kind of heading into Friday for this week's San Antonio FC game? Well, Tacoma is playing as we speak, or they're getting ready to kick off against Phoenix Rising. Uh, so they have two matches, uh, one tonight, one against on on Friday. Uh, and S- uh, Seattle plays, I think, Saturday. So um, I think we should be uh, fairly lucky. Well, I don't want to say lucky, but I think we should be getting uh, a fairly Tacoma, you know, straight Tacoma team uh, for that, you know, you know, for, you know, for that uh, match here. So, um I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, anything less than three points, even though Tacoma's a little bit tougher at home, uh, I think would be extremely disappointing with, with the role that they're on. Um, I'm assuming they're going to roll out the same, you know, same lineups, you know, that they've been rolling out the last couple of weeks. Assuming, I, I know Frank had, a, you know, I believe it was just a, a cramp. Um, he had ice on at the end of the game. Um, one final thing that, you know, I do want to give kudos on and, 
I guess we got to see if it continues. Uh, SAFC did hear the fans, um, and I know it was quote supporters weeks by you, yeah, by by USL, which you know we could have a discussion on whether that was done well or not. Um, but it was awesome to see the the majority of the team come down and and salute you know the, the North End, you know one eighteen along those lines. Uh, for that, I know there was you know some uh, some discussion about you know Toronto getting pulled a little you know pulled at, you know as it was trying to you know sign autographs. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to complain too much. They did, they did come out and make an effort and, and acknowledge it. Now it was on a five Oh win. So just to, you know, be fair, everything was roses, but, uh, you know, last, you know, against our GV, we, we, uh, kind of let them have it for not acknowledging doing, doing it. And this week they did. So I think it's only fair that we do give them kudos for, uh, stepping up and doing that. What about you, Rafa? Any final thoughts for this week's show? Yeah, hopefully we get a big win in Tacoma. Just don't get take your foot off the gas, you know. Let's get another 5-0 and then, you know, bring on Phoenix. You know, we're, we're hungry. And I think we're going to – hopefully hopefully Tacoma doesn't end their streak tonight. <laughs> well, but, that would be funny. That would be funny too. So but, well, if they don't, hey, you know, we – we, I think we're hungry enough to knock them off, you know, in Phoenix. I think we're peaking. Like I said, we're peaking at the right time. We're not We're not the same team that we were uh, back before 4th of July, right before the Austin Bowl game. You know, right before the Austin Bowl game, we're not the same team. You know, it's and it shows. And hopefully we're now we're getting the right pieces back. You know, you know Lang's now ho- hopefully healthy. Moises is healthy now. You know, now we're starting to see – Kind of like our star players, you know, starting to click, get that chemistry going, and that depth that we have, and hopefully this leads us to, you know, we can get the win, get up to hopefully maybe fourth place. You know, we're only three points behind Austin. Hopefully Austin does lose. I don't care. I know we're out of Copa, Texas. I can care less. <laughs> but maybe maybe root for our, or, you know, maybe for RGB to beat them so that way we can take over fourth place. You know, with a win on Friday. It's, I'll take that, you know, for now. We'll get the cup next year. But I'm looking for for, like like I said, for this Friday's game. And then Saturday, uh, and also Friday night's game with UTSA. With, or Texas State should be a great right one, great rivalry game. So come out, Park West, and have have a good Friday weekend uh, watching, you know, Friday night watching soccer. Absolutely, yeah. Looking forward to uh, both matches as well uh, this weekend, or I guess both on Friday, like you said, Friday evening. So it'll be a uh, fun night Friday for soccer and everything. And I, I think Harry's like 0 for 2 right now whenever he predicts Phoenix to lose, though. So I think we may want to stay away from any uh, predictions for the Phoenix Rising match at this point. But we'll see what they can do against Tacoma tonight, and we'll see if San Antonio FC can get the three points for, versus them on Friday. This has been the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out.